0: five four three two one i'm john Miglosh for the wdma and we're going to be talking about segmentation and other things today and first you know i just wanted to take a minute and show you some things you can do with linkedin that you you might surprise you let's just say okay so i was i subscribed to a comedian don mcmillan and uh, a short came up, and I'll just play, I'll start it for you, and then
1: we'll try and finish it off for you. So how does this engineer-comedian thing work? I don't, I don't know what people think I'm going to do. Like, the engineer, they think I'm going to tell a joke and then analyze it? I mean, and I thought, well, I could do that. So let's do that. What the hell? Let's do that. <laughs> so here we go. This is actually a joke I wrote uh, several years ago. I was, uh, I was hired by the American Association of Physicists. Yeah, the dream gig for any comedian, right there. And this is a true story, it's like 1991. Uh, I was hired to play their annual convention, and they said, can you make physics fun? And I'm like, well, there's a challenge.
0: Make so physics I wrote what fun. I believed
1: at the time was the first physics joke, and here you go. And Adam walks into a bar. See, that was enough for them, right there. They're like, oh my god, that's funny. And Adam walks. The Adams don't walk, they're very little. You could not see them walk. And they travel in discrete energy levels. There's no walking. That was enough. The physicists were dying. and uh, But there was more. So I went, the atom walks into the bar, says to the bartender, give me a dill. The bartender pours him the drink, hands it to him goes, man, you look terrible. That's your problem. And the atom says, oh, I lost an electron today. The bartender says, are you sure? And the atom says, I'm positive. <laughs> Is that not a great physics joke?
0: You- okay, so then he gets heckled by a drunk in the front row. And uh, I played it a little fast. I apologize, Don, but, you know, I can only spend so much on the fun part of the show. And uh, so this guy says, that's not a physics joke. That's a chemistry joke. And so Don says, no, I'll show you a chemistry joke. He says, same bar, a, a catalyst walks up to the door. And the bouncer says, where do you think you're going? And the catalyst says, in for a drink. He says, oh, no, you don't. Last time you were here, you started something. And the audience laughs. Okay. Well, then he gets to the end of it, and he's explaining how you have to have, you know, an understanding of physics and have been to a bar for the first one. You have an understanding of physics or of chemistry and have been in a bar fight in the second one, which I don't know. Then he gets to a third one. And the third one, he says, uh, an electron gets pulled over, and the cop walks up to him and says do you know you were going 88 miles an hour? And the Electron says, oh, nuts. Now I'm lost. So, (laughs) So Don says you have to have, to get that one, you have to have an understanding of the Heisenberg's uncertainty principle and a sense of humor. And there's basically no one in that intersection. Well, I objected to that because I... We, we hang around church. I have a bunch of professor friends at our church because we're by UW-Madison. and So we talk about stuff like that after church. And uh, so I said, well, I, I know a Nobel laureate in theoretical physics, and I, I could ask him what he thinks. <laughs> they all laughed at me. So I do know something about the Heisenberg Uncertainty Principle, and uh, but I didn't get the joke. So because Don and I are connected on LinkedIn, I wrote him and I said, you know, what, what's the deal here? <laughs> and he explained, well, don't you remember? You, you know, you, you can't know both the velocity and the location of the electron. <laughs> now I'm laughing. So anyway, uh, but, you know, how, how else would I be talking to this guy if it weren't for LinkedIn? You know, I when when Scott Adams was interviewed by Hotep Jesus, uh, his, real name, his real name is Brian, I think. Uh, he, I had to find it out, you know, what's his real name. And, and uh, he said he was a marketing guy. So I, thought, so I thought, oh, we'll probably have a lot of mutual connections. So I sent him a connection note. And uh, sure enough, we're connected now. And uh, maybe I should send one to Tucker Carlson. He may be on LinkedIn. <laughs> Good morning, Michael. He may be on LinkedIn looking for a job. So, he may be open to some more connections. So, I'll look him up today and see if he's he's open to that. Anyway, I thought that that would give you something to think about as we start today. Okay. Mont. No, here we go. Montana passes right to opt out of targeted advertising. And so, I read this article, you know, Montana along, thank you, Wendy Davis, along with Uh, It's the right to reject some forms, some forms is really important, of targeted advertising. Okay, so now it's going to get signed, it looks like. Uh, Montana lawmakers will give residents new rights. Well, I'm not sure. Rights are kind of, you know, not easy to manufacture. You have inalienable rights and you have contract rights. So maybe that's on that one. Anyway, to go along with California, Connecticut, Colorado, Utah, Virginia, Iowa, and Indiana. Okay, comprehensive privacy laws. There. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, you can opt out of the use of l- data linkable, which is a funny word. Linkable, is that linked? Sud- <laughs> pseud-, pseud. I don't know that's a word either, Pseudonymous. How about anonymous data? <laughs> Wendy. Why would you use that word? Pseudonymous 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 data. Such as information stored on cookies. Okay, notice that is not a mailing list for behaviorally targeted ads. Okay, what's well, one of the things you should always look for in these in these uh, in these bills is a lot of times they don't cover mail. So if you want to get re reconnect with your customers, you can use mail, even though a lot of other things might be illegal. And so, uh, the measure defines ad targeting as serving ads to people based on their activity online activity. Again, nothing to do with mail, and across non-affiliated, which means like. You go on you go on eBay or you or you go on uh, Amazon and then an ad shows up on ESPN okay the bill generally tells residents and here's a big even bigger non pseudonymous I guess it is pseudonymous data uh, you have to tell them what's been collected about them which is darn near impossible because if you you know buy a list of homeowners within 50 miles who own more than three acres you know that's coming from a whole bunch of different sources and you don't know what they are and you buy it from epsilon or or experian or something like that so i don't know how you'd even execute this which is the problem with most of these and uh you provide links to opt out well you know you can give them all the links they you want to your company but you know try and opt out of Epsilon, I don't know how you do that, or, or um, you know, or credit files or something like that. How do you opt out of that? No idea. Here's some more, pseudonymous. <laughs> oh, well, and uh, that you have to honor global privacy control. And again, uh, most of it, so I say use mail and you're much better off. Uh, than any other idea okay budgets are for creative are under pressure why is that well because most jokes aren't funny (laughs) maybe I thought Don's were really funny but you know I'm a little bit toward that side of the spectrum I think Uh, and where are in where are uh, investments prioritized and the answer is targeted promotions and activations I'm not sure what activations are but I'm thinking, you know, a customer hasn't been with you, for uh, has bought from you, but is like four-year-old customer. Uh, that's where uh, you might spend your money. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, that was basically tied with customer journey and brand experience. Now, what's great about mail is, first, it's not covered by most of the privacy laws. You can remail your customers. Uh, you can't necessarily email your customers after two years in GDPR, but you could send them a postcard, believe it or not, especially if you've mailed them before. Um, the mailers of the UK got together and and sort of challenged the ED, GDPR and said, we've been mailing them for decades. And the Inquisitor General or whatever his name is uh, or her said, yeah, sure, fine. They don't seem to mind. They could tell you they mind. Yeah, we're really good at that. And so they, uh, they let them go. Um, but mail can combine these two, can combine uh, the um, targeted promotions with brand building. It's not hard at all. There's a lot of brand building that happens in mail. You know, if you look at a Land's End, which I almost always have, well, let's just look at this one. This is a, this is somebody I've known for decades, Jason Home, And it's just beautiful, gorgeous. I mean, I think it should be a little more pro- promotional, but... Just super beautiful. If that isn't brand building, nothing is. And it's tactile. And Jay, the founder, he's he's had another business for for 40 years, I think, but or almost. And uh, but when he goes to you know a social event and he says Jason Holm, everybody, oh I love it, Jason Holm. I love that catalog. I just I just pour over it. <laughs> so plenty of ba- brand building. Very very easy to do. Okay, and uh, they say that rising inflation and cost of living is the biggest external challenge faced by creatives. And I don't know. I don't understand that one at all. You should go to your boss and say, cost of living, I need a raise. (laughs) But anyway, they're all saying that there's downward pressure on budgets. There's always downward pressure on budgets. That's what your CFO is supposed to do. If you don't realize that, then you don't realize business. Right, The CFO is supposed to push down, and you're supposed to push back up. Now, how do you push back up? Well, the way you push back up is you use testing, and you test creative regularly. And they'll understand testing of creative, and that word does not appear in this article. right? If you show that you can regularly bump the response 20% or 10% or 40%, some of my best tests, they'll realize that they need creative and they need testing. Okay? And so it's not an either or promotions on short term results. You can do short term and long term. You can do brand building with mail because it's not just a it's not just a picture on a screen that no one sees. Right. It's not just an email that no one opens. Okay. so what are they doing? Well, they're increasing social media spending. Wrong direction. Wrong direction. Absolutely the wrong direction. Because you can't because the, the attribution is so is poor and you don't know who really sees it. Uh, so that would be the last thing I would do, but that's what this that's what these creatives are doing and one of the things that they say is both groups agree on the importance of leadership to harness creativity and they believe it's lacking. It's funny when I took over the creative department uh, at a company when I was a VP of marketing, uh, I asked him questions like well what does it cost per page on average we did we were producing without me about 25 catalogs a year and not big ones but um special specialized catalogs for major corporations and i said what what do you think your cost is per page creative cost no idea well how much time per page no idea we're creatives they would say Okay, well, we're going to figure it out. Okay, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to measure how long the creative takes and divide by the number of pages. Okay, oh, you're going to ruin our ethos. And I said, and the other thing is, how do you decide, you know, what grid layout? Four over three, three, three column, four column, what, what, how do you decide that stuff? Where, you know, who, who, oh, just as we feel. I said, and some of these catalogs have have two column, then three column, then four column, mixed up in the, you know, you, like you start over from scratch every page. There's no there's no branding in here. There's no consistency. Well, we're creative, anyway. So after about six months or something, we instituted a bunch of controls <laughs> with the help of the creative director, and we got them on track, and we got them much more efficient, and uh, and I think everything looked better and responded better. But, um, you know, one day one of the young guys came in and said, hey, I got this idea that, you know, this golf bag is big and could could we extend it across the column so that it doesn't, so that it goes outside, almost bleeds off the page. And I said, absolutely, that's a great idea. That fits there just perfectly. And he looked at me like, we could do that? I thought we had to follow our rules. I said, no, you have to have rules so that when you break them, people notice. But if you just schlock around on every day, every page and you don't have any consistency, no one will notice because it'll look just as cluttered and goofy as ever. So anyway, take some leadership of your creative. And if you don't understand that, give me a call, <laughs> for heaven's sakes. And when I left that company, the president founder said, you know, we deliberately gave you the worst departments in this company to see what you would do. I didn't know that at the time. I just, I was honored that they gave me anything. And uh, he said, now that you're leaving, they're the three best departments. And he said, I really want to, I really want to commend you for that. Okay, so can you make mail better? Okay, Mike Porter and Mike is from mailingsystemstechnology.com. It's probably a blog. And he says, as a printer, mailer, service provider, or in-house print mail facility, your company probably does a great job. You know how to meet postal regulations. Things go out on time. It's right side up. We've—I used to work for a printer too. <laughs> we had this problem. We couldn't get the registration right. We ran job. After, we ran the job over and over. And I think the third time we got—we just the press operator just stood there and watched, and to make sure that the press—it was a single color press. We were trying to do a three-color job on it. And uh, watched and watched and watched. And it was perfect when we got done. We all looked at it. Oh, that's perfect. That's perfect. Then he turned the envelope over and it was upside down. So is that enough? Everybody does a great job. Is there a chance to do something more? High-volume mail is very much a manufacturing process. And you have to kind of get things right. you got to get it done on time. You got to get it right. And you, you really want to do it right the first time. But you might want to think beyond the mechanical and and impact the impact of the vehicle. And uh, he said, you know, you can enhance mailing files with additional data. And you can segment and personalize and filter. And no, not one example in here, not one story. Oh, yes, he had one story about an electric company that was every now and then mailing uh foreign addresses and that may make sense you know if someone's got a cottage and and you know they live in they live in wisconsin but they got a cottage in canada or something and so the canadian uh electric company might want to mail to into wisconsin because they understand that the bill to isn't always the location um but segmentation improved target and segmentation Is very very difficult you know I've been doing that with machine learning since 1995 we we built our first uh, segmentation customer segmentation platform in 1995 and we we had all the transaction data categorizing that is extremely difficult and challenging we've had major successes with that but not for everybody even after all we know sometimes customers are buying crazy com- combinations of things sometimes they're you know like a gift catalog we had recently um you know the grandparents would buy stuff for their grandkids and then they buy some health items and stuff and you just couldn't get a feel for what they were using and what they were gift giving um but there was some seasonality to it but that's you know basic rfm um it can be beneficial for transactional mail as well with trans promo messages. Okay, so uh, I have no idea what trans promo is, Mike. I'd like to know. Here's that story about the utilities. Is it easy to read? Critical elements like due dates, amounts stand out. This is stuff that you just have to look at before you do it. Make sure that there is a call to action. I told you about Oakley the other day. Um, sometimes you can redesign 30% reduction in the number of printed pages. And not a customer complained. Well, you know, and if it's just a customer newsletter, then I think that may be okay. Although he did say he reduced the font size. You have to be careful for that, especially if your target audience is elderly like me. So I get below a certain certain size, and I won't read it at all. Uh, Multi-channel integration. You could resend. You could send paper bills if people aren't opening the emails you send. Excellent idea. I thought so. Um, If you find out prospects aren't opening the last four marketing emails you sent, maybe send them some mail or not, because maybe they're not worth sending to. Okay. And here's where it goes off. You know, I go off the rails is where's the testing? There isn't testing mentioned. The word test is not here. All of these things are nice suggestions, but sometimes they work opposite of what you think. There's no incremental value demonstrated, okay, and that's how you get your creative budget up. You say, here's the here's the piece that was winning our control, like I talked about Mike Gunderson um, a couple of days ago. It's with the Bud Light. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, it was Friday, I think. It I talked about Mike Gunderson and A/B testing. There's a it's a wealth of information in there, and um, it's up on wdma.org and what you want is you want to know the incremental difference between piece A and piece B. You want to know, the, you want to know the, the difference it makes. And by testing multiple creative elements and multiple list elements, you can find out the difference. And that is gold, just like I said in the previous area. Okay, and uh, he does also mention, which I thought was good, he mentioned USPS informed visibility. They will notify you that pieces are delivered if the person's enrolled in informed delivery, okay? And you can show your client delivery statistics, which are generally 100%. (laughs) But you can even know the day, and you can follow up. The printer, if they're any good, can follow up with with a, a, or can pre-email, And say, this is coming in the mail. You might want to look at it, okay, if you have the email also. And on a customer list, you generally would. So that's enough for today. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.